Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Everybody doing today? This evening. Hey, we go. Hey, praise God. Praise God, right? Amen, 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 amen. Hey, I just want to say uh, thank you to Pastor Matt um, for the invitation um, out here this evening. Um, you know, when you get an opportunity to get called to do something like this, to speak at a conference, um, a men's conference and that, man, I'm like, I'm humbled. I'm humbled by it, you know. But, you know, I was sitting back when when he asked me, and I'm like, man, I haven't spoken in, in, in such a long time. And, like, what do I speak about? Like, you know, so I'm I'm praying and I'm fast and I'm asking God I'm like Lord you got to you got to give me something you know cuz I don't know what your sheep need to hear you know so I ask you to be a vessel for me so I'm I'm going to start off in prayer um tonight um Father God I I thank you um this evening um I thank you for this position this moment that you've given all of us tonight to be here right where you called us to be. The people that are in this building right now, in this place, open their hearts, open their minds. Let them know who you are, Father. You're the Alpha. You're the Omega, Father God. I pray that you allow your word to speak to your children, to your sheep, to your people, Father God. Allow me to decrease, Father God, while you increase. Father God, I give you all the glory tonight, Father God. I pray all these things, Father God, in your son, Jesus' name, Father God, amen. 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 All right. So, so, you know, like I told you guys, I was sitting about, you know, what am I going to speak to you, uh, to you guys about tonight? And I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, a buddy of mine, he's the, um, uh, he's a coach for the Calgary Stampeders. I played with him doing that two time great cup, um, run really good friend of mine. His name's Juwan Simpson, um, middle linebacker played at the university of Alabama. So if you guys know anything about us football, it's always roll tide. Um, so, um, but I'm sitting there and, you know, and I'm getting a chance just to kind of break bread with him before before he heads out uh, to drive 27 hours from Calgary, Alberta, back to Huntsville, Alabama. So, yeah, that's a long drive. Um, and so, you know, I'm sitting there and, I, and I'm getting a chance to, you know, talk to him and I'm telling like, man, I, you know, I got to get a chance to speak at this conference, you know, and like I just been, you know, just trying to figure out like what, you know what I mean, am I going to speak about? Like, it's just been kind of, you know, just bubbling in my mind and I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? And just the word of God just came on me, you know, and it was like fellowship. I like as men, we're coming together like fellowship, like speak on fellowship. And I say, OK, God, I'm I'm with you. All right. I'm with you. Show me what you need me to show me what you need me to say. Direct me where you need me to go. And so um, be with me right here because I'm going to read a nice long scripture. All right. Um, be patient with me. OK, as I go through this, but understand I'm going somewhere with this. OK, uh, and I'm going to start in the beginning because that's where it started in Genesis in the beginning. All right. I there uh, we go. Perfect. I'm going to start at, at Adam and Eve. So that's very the beginning. OK. <laughs> All right. Now, no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not yet sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. 
Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And there he put the man and he had formed trees to grow out of the ground. Trees were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said to him, it is not good for man to be alone. Can I get amen to that man? Amen. 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 I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them and whatever the man called each living creature. That was his name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, all the birds in the sky and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and placed it close up and placed with his flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. He had taken out of the man and he had brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman. For she was taken out of man. This is why man leaves his father and mother and is united with his wife and they become one flesh. Can I get amen? Amen. amen. Adam and his wife were both naked and felt no shame. Amen to that too. <laughs> amen, amen. <laughs> amen. Now the, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. So you can eat it or touch it. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree it was good for food and pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some of her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. Mm, 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 mm. And he said, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were naked? 
That's what I want to talk to you about tonight. We sit in a place where I speak about fellowship and we talk about who told you you were naked. And for me, it came down to the premise of who you've been talking to. Who you've been talking to. Because, you know, as men, we go around in life and there's so many different influences in life and so many different things. But, you know, if somebody says something, just like in the story, serpent says to Eve, oh, you won't surely die. Put your mind fixated on that tree. She wasn't thinking about the tree. I mean, sometimes in life, we ain't thinking about certain things until, you know, I mean, somebody say something. And I don't know if our phones are super smart, but don't you end up getting like an ad or something on your phone? Like, you know what I mean? I might get to cover my camera sometime. Uh, but it's one of those things to where, who have we been talking to? Who have we been talking to? I'm going to take you guys on a bit of a journey for me, um, from my growing up, my background, and just kind of give you guys a layout of kind of who God has placed in my life and who I've been talking to. And I want you guys to get an opportunity to sit back and re realize that who you've been talking to. Because at the end of the day, those influences that are around us uh, are huge, are huge. That circle of friends are huge. So I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. All right. And, and I'm proud to say I'm a big Cardinals fan. I, I grew up, played football uh, since I was the age of six, enjoyed playing football. Like I was telling Pastor Matt earlier, um, that was probably the only sport that I can play and hit people and not get in trouble. Um, so. <laughs> so. Um, so coming up in the age uh, in, 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 in St. Louis, Missouri, I wasn't a, I wasn't a real Bible thumper. Um, my, my mom allowed us to go to Bible school. Um, you know, she'd drop us off. The van will come by and come pick you up, and we jump in. For me, I like the milk and cookies that they serve. So I was, you know, I was always first in line to come get the milk and cookies. But you start to learn those little small things on it. And it wasn't until I got older, around the age of 16. Uh, so I'm sitting at church, and, um, you know, I grew up with mom and dad, but divorced. And uh, just from my background, my dad, he was around, but he wasn't around. I think he kind of came into a point where you guys know, you know, drugs started to take a, a really toll uh, in his life. And so my mom had to kind of distance herself from that because she had three kids and she wanted to make sure um, that she was protecting them as, they, as we continue to grow. And so as we grew and we grew, and so I remember 16 years old, and my aunt and she invited me to church and I'm sitting in church and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm like, all right, I'll go. You know I mean, I haven't been since I was a kid, but I'll go. I, I know. I, I know the word. I'll go. And I'm sitting in there in the uh, in the pastor and he's preaching and it just something just kind of hit me, hit me, just spoke to my spirit. 16 year old just spoke to my spirit. And he said, you know what? We're giving we're giving baptisms today. And if anybody feel it in their spirit to stand up and come up here to get baptized, come on up. And there was a spirit that was wrestling inside me. I didn't know what it was. It was a spirit that was wrestling inside of me. And for me to be able to say, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I got up. Walked up there slowly, unsure, kind of what to expect with them being baptized. I got up. As soon as I stepped up, my younger brother stepped up. 
Come on now. Come on now. You don't know who you influencing. All right. You don't know who's watching you, who you influence. My little brother stepped up and we both got baptized that night. All right. Amen. 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 Mm -hmm. Amen. And it wasn't that, you know, life changed immediately because I'm 16, you know, and I'm still in the head like, man, I'm trying to find all the little cute girls and I'm still a football player. And but there was a seed that was planted in my life, in my heart. All right. It was a seed that was planted. I didn't know that how much I needed to water it. I just know that God had planted a seed in my heart. So I continued to play ball. I continued to chase, chase a dream. And so when I got a chance to get up in, uh, in high school, all right, and I'm superstar football player. So you guys know in, in the States, man, football is almost like religion down there. Like, you know, they, they rush the church service on Sunday so we can get out and catch the game at one. That's what they do. Hey, I'm, man, I'm speaking truth. So, um, so you know, we got out. So that was the mindset. We're going to try to get to the NFL and we're going to try to go. And so I remember my, my senior year in high school, I probably had one of the best games of my life. Best games of my life. I remember we're coming out. The the scouts from Minnesota was out there watching. The scouts from Michigan was out there watching. You know, you're talking about somebody that just felt like he was in his bag. Like, was him? Oh, man, I just, I was him that night. And we go up the next morning. We got to take this big test, this ACT test. Now, they don't have to take it anymore, but we had to take this huge test. And you take this test, you qualify for a full scholarship. And that was the goal, for a full scholarship. Me, my parents, we didn't have money like that. So I knew that for my way to get an education, it was going to have to be through football, through a scholarship. And so I go and I'm, you know, I'm excited on cloud nine from the game. And so I go the next morning, I go and I go pick up my buddy. I'm like, man, we're about to go take this test. I'm about to go ace this test, man. And we're going away and I'm going to Wisconsin. I'm Big Ten, whatever it is, baby. We on to the NFL, baby. Let's go. If you ain't on the train, you getting passed by. So I'm super excited. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm excited. And so we go, I go pick up my buddy in the morning. We driving by and I go and I see a nice little yellow light and I'm like, man, I'm driving in a truck. I push that gas a little bit more. Shroom, going by it. I got the music playing because, you know, I'm I'm him tonight. I'm him today. I'm you know what I mean? It's, it's eight o'clock in the morning. We're going to take a test. I'm feeling good. We see the next one. It, it turned yellow and it hit red. I'm like, oh, psh, man, I'm invincible. I got this. Zoom. Whew, roll on through the light. Boom. I hit a car. Hit a car. I look at it. It's a baby seat in the back. Car turns around. We on the side, too. And the first thing I just saw was like life just flashed before my eyes. Boom. It's over. It's over. Football. School. I don't know. I mean, I'm 17 years old. I don't know. Decision making. So I get out. Bless the Lord that there was no baby in the car. No baby in the car. Nobody was hurt that night. But for me, it was one of those reality checks that it was like, where, where are we going? Where are we going? Where's our focus? Where are we going? And so, you know, needless to say, you know, I took that test nine times. Did not pass it one time. Now, it wasn't because I wasn't smart now because I had a 3.5 GPA. But I think it was the anxiety behind it. And knowing every time I sat down 
and I took that test, it reminded me of where I was. And so I know sometimes we sit at a spot where we get it to that stopping point and we're trying to move forward. And it's always something that reminds us of who we used to be, who we used to be. And when we talk about that fellowship tonight and where God is leading us, all right, it's about, you know, you get around those, those, those people that say, oh, man, you remember back in the day? That's, that was their favorite song. Hey, man, back in the day, you remember back in the day, Keon, when we used to, you know, run around and we used to do this and we used to do that? Try to bring up who you used to be, you know? And so when we go on and I get a chance and, and I'm blessed and I get a chance to, to meet my lovely wife and 19 years old, 19 years old, get a chance to meet my lovely wife. I go and now I can't go to college now because I didn't pass the test and I got to go to junior college. So you talk about a grown man crying because he got to go to junior college, you know, what's the worst? Like it's an opportunity. So I'm like, all right, I got this. I'll go there and I'll do what I need to do. All right, I'll do what I need to do to get out of junior college. I'll do what I need to do in regards to it. And so you started to see as I started to grow, there were different people that was placed in my life as we continued to grow. And when I was coming up in junior college, there was a young man, um, Coach Marty Allen, all right? Love him to death right now. He was a, I think they named the field after him. Um, but if my coach, he always had a cigar in his mouth. Never understood it. Never lit it. Never lit it. It just hanging. He chewed on it. I didn't know. I didn't know what it was, but that's what he did. Um, but he came and he spoke to me. He said, Keon, you have something special inside of you. And you got something so far that's going to show so many people, you're going to impact so many people's lives that I know whatever you're going through right now, because I told him we had just had a baby. I'm 19 years old, man, and I just had a kid. So you're talking about a kid having a kid, you know, kid having a kid. And so I'm like, all right, coach, I, I got you. You say you just do what you need to do. So I go and I graduate from junior college and I go to Middle Tennessee and I get a scholarship, full scholarship, which is super excited, man. And now I'm playing my first game. We're playing against University of Alabama. Get a chance to play against my buddy. Uh, he wasn't my buddy at the time, though. But, uh, but I get a chance to play um, against those guys. And so now I'm sitting there and I'm living out a dream now. I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, like, you know, I don't, I don't think I ain't praying too much now. I'm thinking like, this is all me. Like, I got the skill. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can do this. I got this all by myself. I'm, I'm running the show. All right. I'm in the weight room doing all the lifting. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in running the stadium stairs when nobody ain't watching. You know what I mean? It ain't got nothing to do with faith. I'm just doing what I need to do. All right. Because I see that's what's required. So I sit back and I say, all right. I go my senior year, my junior year, I didn't even play. I didn't even play. I sat down and I didn't play. I sat and watched everybody else play. I didn't play and I got a chance to, you know, I went to the coach and I'm like, coach, you know what? I don't think this is the place for me. I think I need to move on. I think I need to go somewhere else. I think I need to see something different, you know, because evidently you guys don't see the skill that I have. So I need to go. And the coach said, no, you, you just keep working hard. You got an opportunity. Like, you keep working hard. You keep, you keep doing the little things. You'll have an opportunity. So I decided to stay, and I played and, and, and started all 12 games, got an opportunity to play in the NFL as an undrafted free agent. So you're talking about a kid from five years old. Now I get a chance to play in the National Football League. And you're talking about a kid who with a smile on his face. Oh, my goodness. 
I'm telling you. Like, that's the dream. That's the goal. For any kid that play, grows up in Canada, I know, man, if you get a chance, if hockey, you're in the NHL, that is the goal. So I get a chance and I go and I'm in camp and I am doing my thing. Like, I get a chance to where they've gave me the nickname Pick a Day Ray. <laughs> yes, Pick a Day Ray. I am intercepting balls every single place, everywhere. You know what I mean? I got the newspapers writing about me. Like, who is this kid from Middle Tennessee? Who is this kid? Where did he come from? How is he making all these plays? How, does he, how is he doing all these things? And so I get the chance to sit up and now, you know, I get back in the I'm him phase. I sit there, oh man, I'm making a place, I'm doing this, you know, so now it's, you know what I mean, I want to I wanna go out, I want to have fun, I want to do all the things that I believe professional athletes are supposed to do, live the life, you know, be guided by the money, the fame, you know what I mean, the women, that's, that's, that's what I thought you're supposed to do as a professional athlete, and so I get to a point, I'm going to be really transparent with you guys, and we're just coming back from playing the uh, the Denver Broncos, and you ever you ever sit in a a a, a space in a place where, like, you got everything that you asked for, and you feel like nothing. It was a deep emptiness in the side of my heart that man, everybody's yelling your name. But I feel like, what is the worth? I don't feel like I'm worth a daggum thing. I opened that hotel Bible that night, pulled it out. I didn't even have a Bible. Pulled the one out of the hotel. I jumped on my knees. I prayed. I opened up and I prayed. It said salvation. I read scripture for salvation. I cried. I prayed. It was like a four or five hour praise. I don't, I don't know how long I sat inside of it, but I, I got up. I just know that I had to be at the facility at eight o'clock when my alarm went off and I heard the alarm go off and I was just, boom, I was there now. And when I got to practice the next day, that facility, there was a young man by the name of Tremaine Hall. And when I talk about that fellowship and I talk about the young men and the people that we're around, it is important. Like Tremaine would sit in our meeting room, this reminds me of our meeting room in Tennessee, and he would sit in every lunch break and he'd sit in the chair and I'd walk right past the door and he'd be sitting there reading his Bible. And I'm looking and I go, oh, okay. Little bitty guy too. I'm Man, little bitty guy. Little bitty guy. And he'd come to me and he's like, Keon, man, I don't know what it is. I ain't tall. I'm slow. I'm like, oh, how you in the NFL then? <laughs> like, you ain't got none of that. But he said, but you know what? God finds a way for me to get a ball every single game. Every single game. Man. So, hey, amen. So I'm like, all right. Me grab my Bible. All right. I need some more playing time. Let me grab mine, you know. I'm the guy, I go and I grab it, just being a new believer, just trying to figure out who God is, who, who am I? Who am I? I know we sit in a place sometimes we're trying to figure out, you know, people talking about who God is and, and Jesus our Lord and Savior, but trying to figure out who we are in the midst of this thing. So I sit there and I'm grabbing my Bible and I'm in the locker though. So I want to let everybody see me reading though. I want to say, okay, I'm in. 
Yeah, show me uh, it's Psalms right here. I'm in Psalms right here. Yeah, so, you know, I'm in Psalms right there. And yes, I'm telling you, and for me, and for me, it was one of those things where, what are we doing this for? Are we doing this for the glory of men? Or are we doing this for the glory of the Father? And so when I sat down and I really had to take myself back and say, you know what, Lord? I trust you, Father. I trust you in every single aspect of my life. Ain't no more pretending. Ain't no more bringing it up. Ain't no more trying to show people what we doing. Because if we going to walk the walk or we going to talk the talk, we got to walk the walk. You know? And so I go and I say, Lord, whatever it is, I trust you. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my family. I trust you wherever I'm going. I trust you. And so, you know, we go on and, and we got a cut down day. My wife is having our third kid. All right. Third kid. So it's cut down day. I'm a soup. I'm excited. I'm excited. My agent calls me and he's like, Keon, hey, man, the cut down four o'clock. They don't call you. You good. All right. She just had the baby. I'm looking at the watch. Four o'clock hit. Hey, man, I'm a Tennessee Titan. Hey, we got a baby. I got a new job. Praise God. Hey, man, Lord, you're so good. Father, you are so good. You are so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yes, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I cut the TV on. Said players cut. My name was the third one from the top. Mm. You want to see a grown man cry? <laughs> Tears, whoo, they rushed down. It wasn't because I didn't make the team. It was because God was saying, you trust me? Trust me. Trust me. And I know we all sit in a place right now where we fight within ourselves of what do we trust God with? Do we trust him with our finances? Do we trust him with this? Do we trust? Trust me. That's what he said. And I'm telling you, trust him. Trust him in every aspect of your life. Because at the end of the day, when we walk down and we walk beside our brothers and we walk beside people we don't know and we meet on the street, we're trusting God to use us as a vessel and our light to shine on others. Allow that light to shine. So as I got cut, I say, Lord, I trust you, whatever it is. Me and my wife, we didn't have a car. We walked to church that Sunday. We did. Took the stroller. Two kids. They, they were toddlers. And we had one in the stroller. We walked to church. Came back from church that evening. Had a contract offer waiting on me at the door. Amen. 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 Now, it wasn't the NFL. It was the Arena Football League. Pay was a third, probably a fourth of what I would have made in the NFL. But for me, it was an opportunity. It was an opportunity, and I was grateful for it. And so while God moves and God puts you in places, I got a chance to meet a young man named Cornelius Bonner. I was telling the fellas with it earlier while we were playing golf. Now, quick story outside of golf. I don't know what 
Pastor Matt did when we were playing golf, but I had to swing more times than anybody else out on the golf range. I don't know why I had to swing more. I, I have no clue. Uh, I know they swung probably around 25 swings. I swung probably 270. So <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what that was about. <laughs> I think he was trying to warm me up for the night. Uh, but um, but it was one of those things where um, you know you meet people in the influence that you do have. You know the fellowship that you do have with others. And so this young man named Cornelius Bonner, he got a chance to meet, and his name was Cornbread. And so now. You know, I'm sitting in the mornings. We get in in the uh, for workouts and practice. I go in the hot tub and I bring my Bible. Now I'm sitting there and I'm reading my Bible in the morning. And there was a guy that walked by every day, look at me, come by, came by, look at me. His name was Ahmad Hawkins. He's like, you a believer? Same thing that I saw the young man do when I was in Tennessee. Seeds that are planted. People that you meet. So I get a chance to meet Cornelius Bonner, which was a huge guy. He, like, he was an ordained minister. I didn't even know he was an ordained minister. This guy, you ever meet somebody that just smiles all the time? Just like, just, just a smile all the time. Like, Pastor Matt's one of them. Like, yeah, he's one of them. All the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. You know what? And it's, and it's a, it is safe, such a refreshing spirit about him because that energy, it passes on to you. It's, it's that, that spirit that you just want to be by that spirit. You want to be in the presence of that spirit. And this young man, corn, we call him cornbread, by the way. From South Carolina, we call him cornbread. And he was one of those guys that he spoke life into everybody he saw. And so for me, I just wanted to be around him. I wanted to just hang around with him. I just wanted to be in his presence because he spoke about the word all the time as me being a young Christian trying to figure out the word for myself, figure it out. And he would always say, Keon, we're going to we're going to stay on one scripture. And we would always do Bible study on the way trips and all those things. I'm going to speak on one scripture. And he's like, we're going to go over Romans 12 and two. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you guys know today there are so many things trying to transform the way we think, the way we act, and the way we do things. All right? And at the end of the day, we got to stand firmly on what God says. Because there ain't no change. He's the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. All right? He's the same. Ain't no changing. Ain't no changing. And so I got a chance. We're doing this. We're going. And so now I speak about, you know, my roommates now. And so I go and they, they time, they tag me with a young man. Uh, his name was uh, Monty. I forget his name because he didn't stay long. He just, he was one of those guys. I think God was like, no, we're going to move. We're going to move some people out of your life. You know what I mean? We're going we gonna to get people out of your life. And he was a guy, he's a married guy. You know what I mean? He does what he do, but he used to step out a lot and he used to do that. And God knew that wasn't a great influence for a young married man like myself. It wasn't. It was me starting to learn and understand the people that I needed to be around and who is God is placing me around in my life. All right. And so he was my run. I had to end up changing roommates from that guy. And so uh, one day, um, just to make a long story short in regards to that, one day uh, I come in and my buddy Cornbread, he gets traded. 
So you're talking about a, a really close friend. I'm learning how to, to do this, this walk, all right? And he gets traded. And I was hurt more than he was. He smiled. I'm like, well, dude, what are you smiling for? He said, God said my time here is done. I did what I need to do here. Now it's time for me to go somewhere else. And I didn't understand that. I was heartbroken by it. But I, I felt him though, and I still talk to him today, and I felt it. So he go, he went on, and he did his mission in in Michigan somewhere, and again get, get a chance to play in. And so, kind of bringing that full circle, I get a chance to come to Canada now. What a beautiful country this is! Can I get an amen to that? Amen, amen, amen. Can I get an amen to that? So I come up to Canada. And I'm like, you know, an American. It's July. They's like, you just come to Canada. I'm like, ain't it snowing? Uh, we think it snows year-round in Canada. In America, we think it snows year-round in Canada. We think you guys live in igloos, and it's cold all the time, and it just snows consistently. And uh, so I come up to Canada, and probably one of my, my, my favorite years, because we go and we win the Great Cup that year. All right. First year we win the Great Cup. We get a chance to uh, uh, win. And I'm like, man, this is easy. Eight teams? This is easy. We, do, we run this back. This is easy. We run this back. You know? And so I started to grow a little bit. So now we're going on to four or five years in the Canadian Football League. I get a chance to bring my wife up. 2010, we had our first daughter um, up here. And as we continue to go, the, the conversation that I had, you know, about the fellas that we associate with, and our roommates, and I had another instance. So we're getting ready to play, I think we're going to Toronto. And um, I had a really good friend of mine, his name was RJ Franklin. Christian brother of mine, we sit in our room, man. You know, when you're playing, we're playing 18 games in the CFL. Half of them are away games, and sometimes we're staying in, you know, Montreal for a week. If we got an Eastern swing, we're staying somewhere. It's like, I'm in a room with this guy for at least nine to ten days out of the year. You're spending the night, you're spending time with someone. And you guys know the room that you put yourself in, the people that you put yourself around. Like, my grandfather told me, like, you put two different men in the room, one of them's going to come out different. All right? There's going to be an influence somewhere. Somewhere. You're either going to change and be like him, or he's going to change and be like you. And sometimes y'all know if somebody is stubborn and they want to live their life and they want to do what they're going to do, ain't no matter what you're saying to them right now, how you going to do it, and it's not going to change them. All right? That's all you can do is pray for them. That's all we can do is pray for him. So we're on a trip, man. Our coach comes up and he's like, "Oh man, we're bringing uh, we're bringing Lamarcus on the trip." And so we're gonna put RJ in the room with him. I say, "Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on." Now you want to see somebody stop practice? I stop practice. I stopped practice. Professional football practice. I said, "Hold on, we stopping practice." You're not changing my roommate. You're not changing my roommate. Why are you not changing my roommate? Because I say, look, if you feel like this guy needs to be in a room with him so he can watch him, maybe he don't need to come on the trip. Come on, that's a grown man. Like, we're grown men. He don't need to go on a trip. And for me, it was one of those things where I'm speaking about my salvation. Even if it was for one night, one night, they said, oh, it's only going to be for one game, one night. And for me, it was like, what am I willing to allow to happen? No, I'm not going to allow my roommate to change. And so 
He didn't change. They found somebody else to be in a room made with. And what I say with that is like, we got to be able to stay steadfast in the conviction that we have. Because we'll get swayed by the winds that'll come in and they'll blow at you and they'll do those little certain things. And are we going to be moved by those? We can't be moved by those because we're rooted in the blood. Now, we got to understand what Christ has done for us and has died for us. We are rooted and steadfast in what God has called us to do. And so when I say fellowship, we speak of, I see all these men in here today, young, old, you know what I mean? We got some ladies in here too. Hey, ladies, there we go. All right. But it's who are we talking to on the consistent? Who are we talking to on the consistent? Like my grandfather, he's a huge, he's a huge, he, he's ordained in the church back home. And he said, there's, a, there's two types of groups that you need to have growing up, all right? There's a circle that you need to have. There's guys that you have on an outer circle that you associate with, you know, hey, how's it going, things like that. Then there's, there's people that is under the veil of you, with you, that you can connect with, that you can be vulnerable with, that you can speak life in, that they speak life into you, that you can know, hey, hey, hey Keon, hey, you off track, brother. That's going to hold you accountable. That's going to hold you accountable. And we got to make sure as men that we hold each other accountable. Because I'm going to tell you, man, there's a, there's a fight. There's a fight towards what a man is supposed to be. I don't know if y'all watch lately. You know what I mean? There's a fight of how manhood is supposed to be. All right? And when Pastor Matt came and said, man, I want you to be able to call him at man up. We got to man up. We got to man up because we sit in the back and we're quiet. All right. Maybe somebody else to say something. Well, maybe somebody else to do something. Maybe somebody else. We're passing the torch. I used to speak at the Alberta Council of Women's Shelters. And we would go and we would speak about bullying all the time. And it was one of those things you in domestic violence. See something, say something. See something, say something. And I tell you, you don't know how hard it is for somebody to see something and be silent. And be silent. See something going on and be silent. Fear of, I don't want to have to be involved. What if I get hurt? What if I, the cops are called and now I got to stay and I got to fill out a report and I got to be at this meeting at 9 o'clock and you Always worried about self, not the other person. So I say, us understanding, okay, who's God called us to be? So I'm going to come on with one of my favorite scriptures right here. And we go. I got the spirit leading me, man, and I didn't, didn't bypass my notes and everything. I just. <laughs> First Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, I ain't saying nobody here. We ain't perfect. There was one man that walked this earth that was perfect, all right, and he died for our sins. Ain't nobody perfect in here. And I know we've all fallen short of the glory of God, which is okay. We're all forgiven, all right? But we got to understand that circle of influence that we have and that the people that are around us. And we got to be honest with ourselves, now, you can either say amen or ouch at the end of the day. If you sit there and he ain't talking, amen or ouch. 
Because at the end of the day, you can sit there and know that, hey, I know if this guy's really good for me in my life or my buddy, or is this one of those guys where he pushed those things around me while I fall back in my old ways? I was telling Pastor Matt that, you know, when I was in NFL and I, I dropped down on my knees that night and I prayed. And it was a buddy of mine um, that I grew up with in, in St. Louis. And we used to get in a bunch of trouble, you know what I mean, by the grace of God that I didn't, you know, I didn't get in too much trouble where I was always by the fire, didn't ever get burnt. Um, but he called me, he's like, Keon, man, you in the NFL now, man? I'm coming down to Nashville. Man, we bought the party. Let's go. I say, no, bro. I'm done with that. Uh, I'm done, man. Like, oh, man, I got a new outlook on life. I'm, I want to make sure I'm doing what God has asked me to do, what God has called me to do. And so, at one instance, I haven't heard from my buddy since. Went to high school together, haven't heard from him since. Heard from him since. God knows how to move people out your life. They do. He, he does. He knows how to move people out your life if they're needed, if they're wanted. We just got to understand we got to be willing to listen. Because sometimes we hard-headed as men, ain't we? Yeah. And we know it all, don't we? Give me that hammer, all right? We don't need no screwdriver. We're just going to beat it in. We're going to beat it in. All right? We know it all. You know what I mean? But we got to be able to sit back. And being able to take it and like, no, we don't, we don't know it. Let me ask my buddy. Let me be able to fellowship with one of my friends. Just say, you know what? I, I don't know this all. All right? I don't know who God is. Tell me about him. Share. When we get a chance and we leave here today in, in discipleship and just this conference, like, it is a blessing to see so many guys here. But when we leave here today, like, what impact are you guys are going to have when we step outside of these doors? Is this going to be a seed that just, you know, we take it in and we walk out and we just let it fall on hard ground? Or are we going to allow this seed to be planted inside of us? I run a youth football program back in Calgary. And I got a bunch of kids that come in from the ages of four all the way to 18. And I feel like there is a calling on my life to be able to be an influence, empower, impact those young kids, and tell them about who God is to them. I don't care if their parents are believers. I don't care if they don't believe. I believe. I believe. And we got to make sure we speak life into every situation, to everybody that comes around us. And there's not one kid that's come through my program that I have not laid hands on and I've not prayed for. Because I feel, amen, 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 amen. Because I feel at the end of the day, man, we may be the only Jesus people see. We may be the only Jesus that people see. And for those young kids that come in my program, I don't know what's going on with them, whether they are being abused at home or they're struggling with something. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that when they leave with our program, they're going to leave encouraged, empowered. They're going to have a light, a sense of purpose. Know that they're loved. Because young men today, they fight and they struggle so hard 
with who are they supposed to be? How am I supposed to be? I'm the same. Who am I supposed to be, God? Am I supposed to be like how do all the NFL players supposed to be worried about that? Is that how I'm supposed to be? Who are you supposed to be? Who has God called you to be? That's the question. Who's God called you to be? And I challenge each and every one of you guys tonight. When you go home tonight and you stand and you look in that mirror, you stand and you look in that mirror and you look in your eyes and you look in that mirror and you say, God, who has you called me to be? What is my purpose in this life? What are you asking me to do? Who have you called me to be? Speak power into that. Be convicted by your words because words spread life. God said, let there be light and there was light. Speak life into yourself. Speak life into other men. Speak life into your situations. Speak life into your circumstances. It may not be where you want to be right now. Speak life into it. The Bible said, if you ask that mountain to move and you believe it, Move mountain, move. Move mountain, move. Trust and believe. Be a light to those around you, fellas. Allow the seed of discipleship and fellowship. Because it's always easy to get together, right? The game's on. Have a couple beers, game's on. Enjoy each other, the game's on. But are we getting together? Say, man, let's... Let's do a study. You know what I mean? Hey, Keon came up, man. Let's, let's, let's speak about, let's talk about what he said. You know what I mean, what was he talking about? What was his message that we got from him tonight? What do we receive from this men's conference? What are we taking from this? How can we build on this? Let's water this. All right? We're soil. Let's go. We're soil. And I don't know how much time I got, Pastor. All right? But I want each and every one of you guys to know the purpose that God has given you in life is of service. That's all of us. That's all of us. We're here to serve. We're here to serve. Whether you got a million dollars or you walking around 15 cents in your pocket. No matter. God, we're all in God, made in God's image. So understand, when we're out here, when we leave this building today, this evening, Understand, all right, Father, what are you calling me to do? What service are you calling me on? And I'm going to finish up with one of my favorite scriptures again because I got a bunch of them. It's a nice Bible, and it's easy to find a bunch of favorite scriptures in here. <laughs> Amen. 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 Philippians 2, 1 and 2. Therefore... If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, of any common sharing in spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. One in spirit and one in mind. Right now, fellas, we're in spirit together right now. If you don't believe it, I'm telling you, we're in spirit right now. We're in like mind right now. We're created in image of God. We're resonating in the spirit right now. Let God move in your life. Trust God's voice in your life. You know the difference between 
what they say, what God say. All right, come on now. Do I got what they say, what God says? Let's pass on the word to each other. Let's pass on the word to those that ain't here. Let's share our word. Let's share our love. Let's share God's message. Share God's lovely message to the people that are around. And I ask you, man, to man up. Man up. That's what it is. Man up. It says on the back, blood, sweat, and tears. Man up. Every time I stepped out on the field, that was our motto. Blood, sweat, and tears. When we lifted that gray cup, blood, sweat, and tears went into it. We got to make sure we have that same mindset when we serving. Now, we're all at different levels in our spiritual walk, and it's okay. Some people are just trying to get to know God. Some people are, you know what I mean, we're on level 12. You know what I mean? And that's all right. But understand that you know God. Allow his presence to be in your life and walk with you at every step of the way. So be directed, fellas. Like, I love each and every one of you. Even I don't know you. That's God's love that I want to spread out to you. I want to pray for each and every one of you guys tonight because I'm thankful that God gave me an opportunity to speak to you. Can you guys stand up with me really quick? Can we stand up? Can we stand up? Can we stand up? Mm. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are worthy. Lord, you are everything that we can ask for and ever need. Father, we are thankful for your presence. We are thankful for your love. We are thankful for who you are and who you created us to be. I pray over each and every man in this room tonight, Father God, whether they're struggling with something big, something small, something, whatever it may be that they're going up against, Father God. I pray that you give them peace in their mind, peace in their heart, peace in how they move, Father God. I bless every man in this house today, Father God, that you allow any hand that they touch, anybody that they encounter today, Father God, that you allow them to sow seeds in those that are around them, Father God. I pray that you give them the anointing spirit and everything that you've asked them to do, Father God, whether it's walk to the right or walk to the left, Father God. I pray that you allow these men to be hot for you, Jesus. Speak into these men's heart. Speak into their life. Allow these seeds to be planted deep, rooted inside of them, Father God. And allow this conference to water their soul, Father. To being able to take this thing to the next level. This fellowship that we ask for tonight, Father God, that we come together, Father God. We could be any other place in this world right now, Father God. But we're here praising you. Lead us, Father. Protect us, Father. Anoint these men in this room, Father God. Give them the strength. Give them the courage. Because we walk around like brave lions, roaring lions, Father God, on fire for your love, your peace, and your action, Father God. I pray over each and every one of these men in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're going to do something different.
I'm sitting in the front there with Rex and we get talking and we just both really sense it's time to do some baptisms. You know, I want to tell you, I want to tell you a, a, a story. I was down at, in Calgary at Legacy. It's a young adults conference. And we opened it up for baptisms and we saw just all these young people coming forward. And then later on, we took it out into the parking lot and uh, we did it again. But then the Lord pressed upon my heart that there were people that had been baptized into religion and not into relationship. You know, they didn't know what they were getting into. They did it because either they were scared or, or someone told them this is what you have to do. You know, they were baptized into membership. Some of them were, were babies when they were baptized. They didn't even have a choice. But the Lord is saying, tell them that they can come forward. Tell them even if they've been baptized before, they can come again. They can come forward. And so the Lord put this on, on my heart. There's all these young people around, but nobody was, was coming forward. And all of a sudden, on the corner of my eye, I saw this young girl about 12 years of age. And I saw her weeping. I saw Keon come alongside her, get down on her level, and started to talk to her. And then before I knew it, here was Keon with this 12-year-old girl came forward. And she had a story. And she started to cry. She said, when I was even younger... I was baptized because the preacher said if I wasn't baptized, I was going to hell. And I was terrified. So she was baptized in fear. She was not baptized in love. And as she shared this testimony because of this man, had the courage to come up to her and encourage her to come forward. You watched as there was all these young kids out of nowhere on this hill that started to gather and listen to the testimony of this young girl. And so when Keon was sharing his testimony when he was six, 16 and he just said, you know what? Someone made an opportunity. Someone made a way and that was Jesus. But someone made a way that day for him to stand up. And when he stood up, his brother stood up. I'm telling you, God is calling you forward tonight. <laughs> Today is the day. In Acts 22, it says, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. If you don't know what it's all about, let me tell you right here, right now. In Romans, it says that when we are baptized, when we go into the water, the word baptism means to be fully immersed all in. It says you are baptized with Christ. When you go into the water, it represents when he went to the grave. You say goodbye to the old you, the old self. And I think there's men in the house tonight that are ready to say goodbye to the old man. Because when you come up out of the water, the scripture says that you are resurrected with Christ. Come on. If you came, if you came tonight and you want complete transformation in your life, now is the time. I asked Keon, would you be willing to baptize any men that come forward tonight? And he said, yeah, let's go. So as the music plays and, and the worship is going on, just come forward. We got towels. We got shirts. What excuse do you have? It's time you get all in tonight. It's time you man up tonight. It's time you lay the dead man in the water tonight. Come forward. Let's worship God together. Come on. Thank you for tuning in today. And thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. 
And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.